you know, I was thinking uh, while we were while we were worshiping, I was just like, God, oh, because I'm going to talk today about waiting. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about waiting. Waiting. Oh, there's a fun topic. Um, thank you, Casey, for giving this to me. Uh, <laughs> no, but I was thinking, you know, we we have so many things that we want from God that we're needing from God, and just during worship, I was just struck by. Well, everything is just in the worship of God. Everything, sometimes, you know, our request just needs to be turned into a, thank you, God, you're so worthy. Just an exaltation of who he is. And, and there's this shift then that occurs out of a place of I've got this need to I've got everything I need. Because I'm present right now with the greatness and the glory of God. So thank you for that. Um, Maya, I, I, I want to tell you all, somebody very special to me is here today. This is my buddy, Karen Ingram. Uh, she likes to come every now and then when I'm sharing to heckle me. She is unchaperoned, so Dora, yeah, get your ruler out. People like to call us Lucy and Ethel, and we have a running debate over who's Ethel, and apparently I am. But then we always are grateful we're, neither one of us is Fred. You have to know I love Lucy to understand all that. Uh, so I'm so glad I'm Deborah. I'm so glad to be with you guys. We're a small group today, but that's awesome because uh, it's, it's just really intimate and nice. And um, we're going to get some good stuff from God today, okay? Uh, there's a song. I, I don't know all the lyrics to it. Hi, Karen and Karen. Oh, I love you. Hi. Oh, my gosh. So... Uh, uh, there's a song, He's in the Waiting, Yes. right? I don't even know that song. I, I've heard He's in the Waiting, and that's all I know of it. And, um, uh, and I don't listen to it because it's about waiting. <laughs> but here's the thing, and, and I'm, so I was asking God last night about what, what he wants to share with us and what he, what's on his heart for us today. And here's the thing, he is not just sitting in some waiting room passing time. He's in the waiting. It's a really active process. Most of the time the word waiting is used in the scripture. It's actually a word that is very active and dynamic. It's attached to hope and expectation. Waiting to us seems like a waste of time. So we look for something to do while we're waiting. We try to fill up the time with something useful while we are waiting. But what is the waiting itself is useful. Some people here are looking for a job, a spouse. They've been longing for a child. They've been waiting for transformation in a loved one. Others have been waiting for opportunities in life to open up. Healing in the body, solutions, direction. We're all waiting. Some of us have been waiting longer than others. And all the AARP members said, Amen, Amen sister! <laughs> we want to learn to wait well. Because that's how you get in the waiting with Jesus. Because he's in the waiting. We wait well. I have waited very poorly in my lifetime. There was a time when I was waiting for something, uh, a prayer to be answered regarding my son, and it was very painful for me. And I got so frustrated and disappointed in God for not answering this and taking care of this and doing this because I'd been waiting all of six months. 
Uh, and I, I actually got to the point where I, I put myself in a very dark corner for a very long time because I was offended with God and I was disappointed and I was not waiting well. And I remember I had a picture of Jesus uh, in, in my room and I took it down. And I told a friend of mine, yeah, I'm breaking up. I broke up with Jesus. This relationship isn't working out for me. I'm not getting what I need out of this relationship. And then, of course, some time passed, and I mentioned to her that I, well, I put my picture of Jesus back up. She goes, oh, you're back together. <laughs> How sweet. How nice. Because I wasn't, I wasn't waiting well. We think of waiting, and this was me, as something that we endure in order to get what we want, or we're waiting to get an answer, but God wants us to get him in the waiting. We've got our eyes on a solution, an answer, and he's like, no, no, I want you to get more of me. I want you to get me. Waiting is one of the most valuable commodities in the kingdom. So can we change our view of it and wait and value it as well? This will change our lives as believers. I looked up some things online last night about waiting that are out there in the faith community about waiting. And honestly, some of it really discouraged me. It was really cliche. It was really trite. And, uh, and, and I, didn't, I, I, I know that that's not what God wanted. And so I talked with some friends yesterday. There may or may not have been a glass of wine involved. And we talked about waiting. And these are people who've had a 30-year or more history with God, who are grounded in their faith. And we decided that what it has come down to us, waiting, is to hold a thing loosely before God. Waiting well is not waiting, gripping something that we need, demanding an answer, desperate for a solution. Gripping that thing so tightly that it then has the power to totally dominate the landscape of our thought life. To totally dominate our heart. But if we hold that thing that we're waiting on loosely before God, then we can wait well. Then we can wait, as the Bible talks about waiting, with hope, with expectation. We can minister while we're waiting. We can worship while we're waiting. We can grow in the knowledge and love of God while we're waiting. The word most often translated in the Bible is, as I said earlier, it's not a passive thing. It's dynamic. Isaiah 40, 41 says, those who wait on the Lord will shrivel up and die. That's the book of Deborah. I'm sorry. That's the book of Deborah. Those who wait on the Lord who expect, and this is the amplified, look for and hope in him will gain new strength, renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. This is the promise for waiting well. I'm stronger. My power is renewed. That's what is in the waiting for us. 
We're able to wait well when we wait based on who God is, not based on the thing that needs an answer. Based on who God is. In Psalm 52, David says, I trust in the loving kindness of God. I wait on your name because it is good. Psalm 62, my soul waits in silence for God, my rock, my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be greatly shaken. We wait in him, in his nature, in the character of God. The trick is to remain there and not wrestle out of his arms and disengage prematurely like I did. To wait with an open hand, not a clenched fist. He values the waiting because of what it produces in us, because of how it draws us into him. 2 Peter 1 talks about self-control and patient endurance and godliness, and James 1 talks about trials and perseverance, and this is where we all go, "Eh, blah, (laughs) ooh, I say ooh. Who wants to talk about self-control and endurance and, and patience and perseverance? I want to talk about joy, peace, and mercy. I want to do life with Jesus the, way, the same way I go through loopies. <laughs> oh, uh, endurance, perseverance, no thank you. I don't have the joy piece of mercy. And could you put extra joy on that baby with the charter shots? <laughs> but here's the thing. The persevering and the waiting, if you read a little further in James, what does it do? What does it produce? A person who is not double-minded. A person who is stable. Whoa. I'll take some of that. I'll take stable and not double-minded. Waiting when done right brings certainty. It brings clarity. It brings confidence. Few of us here, I'm going to go out on a limb, few of us here are farmers. We go and we buy fruit that has already been produced. We are not involved in the planting or the cultivation, the harvest. We didn't protect it in a freeze. We didn't keep it alive during a drought. We don't shoo away the birds or the insects that threatened it. We just plunk down some money and we grab some fruit. Fruit. I want the fruit, not the process. We never stewarded the seed. We want the results, not what produced it. And one thing I know about God is he loves process. Why did he take the Israelites the long way around out of Egypt? Because he's interested in every step. The steps matter. We are interested in getting somewhere. He is interested in making us someone. It happens in the waiting. Maybe you feel like a seed that has been put in the ground and forgotten. I felt that way for long stretches of time. Hello, it's me under here. God, hello. Seeds are waiting, but they are dynamic and full of life. There is a process underway, underground. So guess what? We are all actually farmers. We've all been given seed from God, his word, his promises, and it's up to us to steward that in the waiting. 
And in times of waiting, when all we can see is dirt, there's no plants, there's no trees, nothing is pushing up through the ground, I promise you, a voice will come and whisper to you, crop failure. It's never going to happen. And that's when we have to shoo away the birds and the insects and steward that seed. This is when we wait based on his nature, his character, not what we see. This is where maturity is developed. This is where we put down deep roots. This is where we learn how to stand. Ephesians 6.13 in the Amplified talks about stand your ground. Put on the armor of God and then stand. Stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. Waiting is how we join the ranks of the heroes of the faith. They waited. Moses waited 40 years. Abraham waited. Joseph, I love the story of Joseph. In the the Bible, he's been in prison, right? Unjustly imprisoned. And the baker and the wine steward, the cupbearer, the the pharaoh's top people are there, and he interprets their dreams. And they're like, wow, this guy is amazing. And he's like, hey, 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 tell Pharaoh about me, okay? Tell tell Pharaoh. When when you get out of here, tell Pharaoh. They're like, oh, man, yes, yes, give us your card. Yes. A link to your website, your Facebook page. We're going to like you on Facebook. The next scripture says, two years later. Two years later. Waiting. Waiting is how we move into the big leagues. So my encouragement to myself and to you today is don't let this increase... This gain, this expansion, be stolen by doubt or disappointment or offense with God. Don't disengage prematurely. Don't miss what the process has for us. He's in it. He's in the waiting. He's not just sitting there flipping through magazines like a doctor's office. He's doing something. And if we wait well, we give him permission and room and space to do it. Be present. This is another thing my friends and I talked about yesterday. Be present in the waiting. We will miss the now. We will miss the gold, the treasure that can be mined in the waiting if we're preoccupied with the future. Don't try to circumvent it. Don't try to find a shortcut. You will end up with an Ishmael like Abraham did. Remember, he had a promise from God. You're going to have a son. About an amount of time goes by. And Sarah's like, hey, we better make this happen. We better get going on this. And so he uh, he, uh, has a son with her maid, Hagar, and it produces Ishmael. That was not the promise. Stay in your lane is the way I like to say it. Run your race. Our friend from Christ Healing Center, Debbie Boggs, posted this uh, the other day, Jeremiah 6.16. This is what the Lord says. Hi, Casey. 
stop at the crossroads, stop, look around, ask for the godly way. Walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your soul. Walk where I've shown you to walk. The lane I've given you in this season of your life Walk in it. There's rest for your soul there. And what did the people of Israel say? This is not the road we want. What have I said? I don't want to do this. That's not where I want to be. I want to be out doing these things. I don't want where you've put me. I don't like this lane. I don't like this path. I don't want to walk in it. There's rest for my soul. Ephesians 2.10 and the Amplified says that he has prepared good works for us, taking paths which he has set so that we would walk in them. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. There's a path and a lane that God set out for you and for me to walk in. And as Ashley told us last week, we'll be met along the way with everything we need. He's already there. The challenge is not to get pulled out of my lane. And nothing pulls me out faster than comparison. Comparison will create striving. When I watch what you're doing and what you're doing, what's happening in your life, suddenly I am chasing what God already wants to give me that I'll find in the waiting, that he's preparing me for in the waiting. I'll try to grab it prematurely. I received a word from a young man a number of years ago. Um, he uh, came up to me, uh, we, had, we had mutual friends, and he came up to me and he said, um, uh, you have the grace to know which season you're in. Why? Well, Ashley's like, oh, good word. Ashley's pretty mature. At the time I went, I hate that word. <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't want that word. I was like, I want a word, you're a world changer. You're going to go out and shake the nations. You're going to bring light into the darkness. You're powerful. You're going to be well-known, woman of God. That's what all the kids with tattoos were getting. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what an old lady word. You know the season that you're in. It's like punk. <laughs> And now, I realize that's one of the best words I ever got in my life. Because we've got to know the season that we're in that is crucial to our life as believers. Doing this Jesus thing, we've got to know what he's called me to, what the lane is, what my season is. It helps me reject the voice that says I ought to be doing something else. I live in San Antonio. 
I look at the weather conditions or the season in other parts of the world. I don't freak out that it's 11 degrees in Chicago and run out and buy a puffy coat and snow boots. That would be absurd. It's winter down in South America. I don't go, I gotta put on a tag, better put on a tank top and some flip flops. No, but we do the same thing. Something very similar when I look at other people and the seasons they're in. I try to dress for their season. I can see what they're doing in their lane and I start trying to run their race. And Ashley, Ashley's like this amazing teacher. She's going all over the place. She's writing books. She's hitting it out of the ballpark. Ministry, got her own you know, people in here, I won't name names, but they've got angels coming in their room at night talking to them. My friend Karen, she's got, on, got this vision. God's got her on this path for this amazing ministry that she's doing. Casey, speaking everywhere, running a healing center that's affecting, you know, the world, impacting the world. My friend Debbie Boggs, Heidi, Duke, who comes here, Stephanie Schindler, they're all up in Washington, D.C. now. Top intercessors from around the nation gathering in Washington, D.C. They're probably, you know, leading the Supreme Court to Jesus Christ right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wink and Glenn. Wink and Glenn are over in, you know, I don't know. Thailand, Tibet, someplace, China. The whole Communist Party being converted to Christianity. <laughs> Single-handedly pulling down Allah, you know. I'm not doing any of that. I'm not doing any of that. I'm taking care of my 91-year-old mother. That is not flashy or glamorous. <laughs> I'm not getting any followers on social media. <laughs> I don't have a blog. <laughs> Everybody's out shaking the world up, looking good, being thin. <laughs> and I'm figuring out how to pair insure with pimento cheese. <laughs> I know every episode of The Golden Girls. I'm in a season of waiting. And I know that comparison is the key that starts the engine of striving. I've given up some things and I've put a lot of things on hold. Because of my mom, she moved in with us a few weeks ago. And the same thing happened when I left a very high-profile career to stay home with my son. I did not wait well then because I had this, like, secret ambition. And I truly believe, I truly believe this. This is where we enter into delusional. That Billy Graham was going to call me and asked me to take over his ministry. Because I could clearly see the timing. He was retiring. And I was leaving broadcasting. And I could make the connection. And so I was telling people, 
do not tie up the phone. Billy Graham's going to be calling me. <laughs> and then, and he didn't call. <laughs> and I would like check. Yeah, the phone's working. That's the strangest thing because I know Billy's going to call. And he, uh, Ashley told me this morning, Billy Graham uh, went to heaven last night. Wow. You never called me! <laughs> but I still love you, Billy. <laughs> but that's what, see, see, I was waiting, but I had an agenda. I was waiting while I was home with my son. I was waiting, but I had something that I, uh, a, a, a motive, a selfish motivation, a need that I you know, wanted fulfilled. I wanted to be out doing something. And years went by, and I'm, you know, and I'm, watching, I'm watching my colleagues go off you know, who, who, and, and, and get their own TV shows and edit major newspapers. And I'm selling concession stand nachos at swim meets. Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm that seed under, uh, under the ground that got forgotten. And, and, I, and, I, and, and I was very, very frustrated. <laughs> and, and, and I was mad at God. And I'm like, <sighs> and he was working something out of me. And I remember just, you know, Wanting to say to my son at one point, you know, say bye-bye to mommy's dreams. They're all, they're all blowing away. Let's, let's wait bye-bye to all of mommy's dreams. Bye-bye, mommy's dreams. Bye-bye. I used to think at that time, the Lord gave me a thought about Mary, the mother of Jesus. All she did was stay home and raise a kid. Our culture doesn't always value what we're doing in the waiting. Our culture wants us to do something bigger, more splashy, more noticeable. That's what the culture attaches value to. God does not. God values waiting. Bill Johnson, a pastor out in California, says, Gifts are free. Maturity is expensive. (laughs) Maturity will cost us something. It'll cost us our agenda. Maturity is trusting God in the waiting. Trusting him with the season that he's called me to. Waiting with an open hand, not a clenched fist. Sometimes we think we're in a season of being hidden. Oh, the Lord's the Lord's just, just hiding me right now. I got news for you. He's exposing you. And he's not doing it publicly because he's nice that way. My time of, well, I'm being hidden. The Lord's just hiding me. It was actually a time of exposing and showing. And him unraveling and undoing some things in me. Getting the foundation Right. I balked when I realized that I was going to have to take care of my mom because this meant, once again, everything has to wait. All the things that I want to do. And I found myself um, frustrated and resentful at the thought of having to wait some more. I got that kid graduated, and now it's my time, and guess what? Here come the golden girls. 
<laughs> and so God asked me one day, I was in my kitchen, he said, what if there's something beautiful and sweet while you wait? And what if it all hinges on you? I wrote in my journal, what if this isn't punishment, but is actually mercy? What if this isn't a wilderness, but a secret garden? Does your waiting feel like a wilderness? Would it surprise you that the Bible says some remarkable things about the wilderness? Jesus was led into the wilderness so that his strength and authority could be revealed. In Hosea 2, the wilderness is a place of restoration. God woos Israel there. He may call us into a place that we call the wilderness, but it's where he says, I will allure you and bring you into the wilderness. I will speak tenderly to you. I will reconcile you to me. I will give you vineyards and make the valley of suffering a door of hope and expectation. You will sing there and respond as in the days of your youth. I will betroth you to me forever in loving kindness and loyalty and compassion. What if that is what God has for us in the waiting? With my own current situation, I, I heard the Lord ask, what if by going small, you can go really big? I knew he was talking about greatness, character, going big internally, developing, maturing. What he is building in me as I wait is not a career or a ministry or a public platform. It's not books or blogs or podcasts or Facebook postings or speaking engagements or promotions or connections with VIPs or a career. What he's building in me doesn't need anything like that to prop it up, to give me worth and value the way the world gives. As I wait and I'm present in the lane, the season that he's called me to, He's building unity and oneness with him. It's not a bad deal. Connection, belonging, rest, stillness, ease, identity apart from gifting. He's building my foundation. And I'm giving him the time and the space in which to do it. That's a key to waiting well. I'll give you the space. I'll say yes to the season I'm in. I will unclench my fist and I'll hold it loosely and I'll let you move. So my days right now are spent, you know, I'm back in the, the business of cleaning bottoms and trying to cajole somebody to eat something. No, you can't have the ice cream sandwich until you eat your turkey. That doesn't make headlines. 
It, it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's not going to be on my resume, and it's not going to get me any requests to join someone on LinkedIn. But my mother, who has seldom if ever felt loved in her life, feels loved. And I'm helping her finish well. Billy Graham wrote a book called Nearing Home. It was about the hardness of being old when your body is failing you and diminishing. Nearing home. My mother is nearing home. And I get to walk her there. It's a privilege. It's an honor. And it's redemption. Because for many years, I did not value my mother. I didn't see the greatness in her. I grew up in the 70s where it was all about girl power and, and, and hear me roar and breaking glass ceilings and taking new territory as women. And my mother wasn't like that. I always saw her as timid and fearful and shrinking back and, and, it, it made, and I would get mad at her because she didn't have a voice. She never like asserted herself, her gifting, her personality, her creativity, her opinions. And then it hit me the other day. She let me have a voice. My mom didn't have a voice. She's given me a voice. She's championed my voice. She's fought for my voice. These are the bigger issues that God can get at when we wait well. Not when we're fretting and trying to make something happen and striving and chasing what he already wants to give us. This is the rest for our soul when we choose the path. He says, choose that path. There will be rest for your soul. Maybe destiny isn't a place that we arrive at in the world. Maybe destiny is a place we arrive at within ourselves. I'm convinced that can only be discovered and developed in waiting and waiting well. Being still, being present, staying in my lane, running my race. I had a picture when I was talking to the Lord about my lane and my race, you know, and I'm not a sports person, but in track and field, in those longer races, they line up the runners uh, around the curve, right, of the track, of the oval, are you with me? Okay. In a short race, everybody starts at the same line, but in a longer race, they're staggered. And I saw, I saw that person who's at the very, the farthest, right? Their, their position on the inside lane is the farthest back. But when the gun sounds and they're off, everybody suddenly comes together. And I think about that, I think about myself, you know, as that person who feels like they're way back here. And we're running, it's like, everyone's ahead of me! Everyone's ahead of me! Hey, I'm ahead of everyone. 
There's that, there's that thing that happens that is the timing of God. When you stay in your lane and you don't panic, then everybody's ahead of me. Everyone's going somewhere. Things are happening. They're getting blessed. Their answers are coming to their prayers. Mine aren't. I haven't seen it yet. Everyone's ahead of me. I'm getting left behind. Oh, actually, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm doing great. I want to pray for you, but but first I want to share an encounter that I had with God that I feel like was something he gave me for this season. I shared it with Lil um, a couple of weeks ago. We were praying together. I was with uh, some longtime friends we uh, meet regularly, and I was praying, and I was going on and on and on. I was praying for each of them and just whatever I felt like the Lord wanted to say to each of them. And as I am wont to do, I was going on and 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 on. And I distinctly felt the Lord say, stop talking. And I thought, but I'm, I'm sharing your heart with them, you know. But it was like, stop talking. And so I told my friends, I think I'm supposed to stop talking. And, then, and no one objected. <laughs> it passed unanimously. The motion passed. All in favor of her shutting up, yes. And so I got quiet, and then I realized what was happening. There was a stillness coming over the room. There was a stillness coming up from inside me. It was happening simultaneously. This stillness was filling me, and this stillness was descending and and covering. And, And we just sat there. I don't know how long we sat there. And it was glorious. We were so, I was so Still, everything in me was stilled. Every question, every need, every ambition, every thought, every dream, still. Supernaturally still. And I, I had a picture in my mind of the scenes of Jesus' life where he was doing his thing. You know, he was going through life and people were clamoring for him. And people were saying, you're the greatest. You're the greatest, we love you, you're amazing. You know, and people were like building a little, you know, cult of personality around him. And then there was others who were uh, 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 criticizing him and misunderstanding his motives and slandering him and plotting against him. And people were pulling on him, come talk to our home group. No, no, we want you at our healing service. Will you speak at our conference? And then offended by him. People were were wanting, I just want a word from you. Can I just get prayer from you? It was constant. You know that scene when when the woman reaches out and grabs his his garment? The crowd was pressing on him. And I saw all of this in that stillness. And I realized that's how he was able to do it. He was still. That's how he could say, I only do what I see the Father doing and say what I hear the Father saying. Because he was still. There was no static. He was still. I experienced the stillness of Jesus. And I believe the Lord deposited that in me so I can operate now out of that. The shalom of heaven. He leads me beside still waters and restores my soul. And so I want to release that to you today. I want to activate that in you because I believe anything that God gives us is ours to share. And so I'm going to pray over you. And I'm also going to ask you to ask the Lord some questions. You know, we do that here. And, um, uh, and, and let him minister.
to some things in you regarding the waiting. So, Father, I ask you to come, Jehovah Shalom, the Prince of Peace. Peace is a person. And manifest yourself as stillness. So that we can be anxious for nothing. To quiet the fretting and quiet the questions and bring your stillness. To breathe on us and we breathe in and we breathe together and we're present with the person of Jesus Christ. The dynamic, active, perfect stillness that you want at our core, that you carry. The stillness that allowed you to speak to a storm and say, peace, be still. I ask you, Jesus, speak to the storm in us. Be still. With all the authority and all the affection of heaven, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know me in the ways I want to be known by you. The way I want to reveal myself to you. Who I want to be for you in this season, in the waiting. Be still. Breathe that in. Attach yourself to that. The stillness. Remember the birds of the air. They are not anxious. They don't worry about how things will happen, how they will build, how they will be fed. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things give thanks and praise. And then the peace of God will garrison your heart, will be your fortress. Be still and let me show you who I am. Be still and come to know me. Be still and become great in the stillness. Waiting is not a punishment. It's your place of great reward. It will serve you well. Let it do its job. Be still and know me. And be known by me. In this time, Ask the Lord 
about something you're waiting on. Unclench your hand and hold it loosely before him and ask him, Jesus, what's your truth about this? Father, we give you permission to call us, to woo us, to speak lovingly and kindly to us, to call you, call us into a secret place with you. Holy Spirit, we give you permis- permission to shift us from looking at waiting as something to be endured into something to be valued. Show us the treasure. Show us the gold. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear as we wait.